everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Yes, it is your girl, Lise Winnie, and I am a fucking millennial. So we got to get this party started right. But before I can do that, I was watching. So shout out to Young Deuces from the Geek Set Party. Okay, he was on here and I was like, you know what? Because he was like, you, you got to get a video component. That's really how you pop off in this podcast game. You got to have both. And I was like, yeah, because this this podcast, Millennials Anonymous or Maps, I'm going to start using Maps because listen, us millennials, we actually are not the for all the people out there. We are not the motherfuckers graduating from high school. OK, we're not the motherfuckers going to college. Like some of us might be in college, but we we ain't a different world college like we we old old going back to college if we in there you know what i mean like we older than everybody else because we we grown millennials is grown and the buzzword that is millennials is going to start to die down i've seen so many millennial everything and that is why we have an acronym because we don't have to flip it off to the to the ceiling even though I've seen some boomer podcasts, like the boomer podcasts and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't want that. So we we might start using maps more, you know what I mean? Just go by maps podcast. But with that being said, because we we is we are getting old. That's Generation Z, by the way. You know, the younger generation, the the, the kids that are graduating from high school. That's Gen Z. That's they're not millennials. I think the youngest millennial like twenty seven. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, we up there. We, we grown, grown. But, you know, I, 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 Maps was, was audio because it was another podcast that changed into Millennials Anonymous. And then we tried, we dabbled in video. The reason why I stopped the video is because it take a lot. I do this when I have time. And I don't feel like putting on clothes. I don't want to do my hair. I'm, right now I'm recording this. I look like utter shit. But you know what? You can't see me. So that's fine. That's fine. And I, I don't even really have, like, it's very early in the morning. Like, I just still have on pajamas. It, that's fine. Okay? So that's why I haven't done the video component. But I'm going to listen to Young Deuces. We're going to start bringing the video back. Maybe next week you're not getting a fucking video this week. Maybe I'll drop the interviews because those are already video. And we'll do the sections of that. But we'll do the rest of it next, 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 next week. Okay? And I was also, I stayed up late because I was watching P-Valley. And I, I, I just want to say that Sadie's is the baddest she the baddest chick in the paint. She is the baddest chick in Tuscaloosa, Mississippi, Pank Strip Club. I don't know why this is up for debate, but she is. She the baddest, and she's a real one. Anytime she gonna come in, she swung that bottle. I, if you ain't see it, I'm sorry. I'm spoiler alert. Probably should have said that first. But you know, I'm. She she is the baddest. Okay, this is not up for debate. She is the baddest. But they're all doing an amazing job. Shout out to them. I also watched Ghosts. No, why do I keep calling it, it Ghosts? Power Book 2 with Tariq, you know, Tariq's journey um, after Ghost got killed off. So it's Tariq's journey. And I wasn't, I, I was so invested in Tommy and Ghost that I really didn't want to see a spinoff, right? So uh, what I was, I, I watched it and, and shout out to both the Brandies. Brand D-E-E, who is, plays Mercedes. I think her name is Brandy Evans. Shout out to her. And shout out to Brandy Denise, who has been on maps. 
because she was there. She was in her strip club. Now, I, I must say that the pink, the pink down in Mississippi, M-I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, hump peg, hump peg, I got a better strip club. I'm just saying, like, if I had to choose, I was like, what kind of hasa diddy type what is this club? This is, no, we don't need this hasa diddy. You don't need Hasa Diddy and titties. Like, this don't go to Gava. But it, it, I'm just saying, she did an amazing job, though. I'm, I'm playing, but she did an amazing job. Shout out to her. She's absolutely hilarious. So make sure you follow her on Instagram. I think she's Brandy Denise. I think she's LOL Brandy Denise. That's, that's, that's her. That's it. That's it. So shout out to her. She did an amazing job. So let's get into these top 10 trending topics of the week. Alright, let's get into these top 10 trending topics of the week. So, and she's taking all my money and take my money when I'm in need. Yeah, she's a trident, running need. She's a gold digger in the time. And I'm in no me. Well, I don't really know if she's a gold digger. We, I, get, I actually take that back because we really don't know that because she probably put in a lot of work. She is an attorney. But I am talking about Dr. Dre's wife. Nicole Young is asking for $2 million a month for temporary spousal support. And Dre said, nah, uh, uh, because originally she came out with her people saying, we don't got no prenup. Uh, prenup where? Prenup where? Prenup where? Who gonna check me, boo? And then his people came out and was like, uh-uh, I'm still Dre, okay? I'm explosive out here. This is the chronic, the chronic 2001 out this piece, okay? This is the chronic. And you signed, you might not have knew, maybe you was on that chronic. But I had you sign, you was signing. Okay, you was out here signing something. You, you signed this. And they're describing the prenup as... A gun to head prenup? That sound that sound rough. Like, what is a gun to head? I don't. Oh my goodness. So I she, she's saying that he made her sign this. I guess sign the prenup under dress. I suppose that's what this is. But here's here's what Miss Nicole wants. So he was like, what can you buy with two million dollars? Like, what two million dollars a month? I'm not I'm not well with math. It's not my it's not my strong suit. Okay. And I'm not putting that in a calculator because there's too many fucking zeros. But I think it's $22 million a year. What is she buying with $2 million, $22 million a year? That's a, I, But then again, she might be shopping at Whole Foods. You know, that's at least $10 million annually. You might be getting $10 million annually. That might be what that is. But Miss Nicole Young wants $1 million. $936,399 to cover her expenses. Here's her breakdown. She said laundry and cleaning cost $10,000 a month. Clothes cost $135,000 a month. What the fuck is she shopping at? Like, let me know. Target's clothes don't cost that much. Education and tuition and living expenses. I guess the bitch is going back to school. She said that's $60,000 a month. Uh, wait, wait a minute. And she said entertainment. L- listen to this shit. Entertainment is $900,000 a month. Her charitable contributions are $125,000. Listen, if I'm giving charity to you, bitch, you can't be giving charity to other people. That's just how that works, okay? Mm-mm. Sorry, Miss. Sorry, Miss Nicole. You can't be doing that. And she says her mortgage is $100,000 a month. I could believe that. All right, all right. And her telephone, cell phone, and her email is $20,000 a month. Listen. Okay, I don't know what kind of phone you got, 
I, I don't I don't know. Um, MCI must still be around in your house, in your backyard. You must get the whole MCI, okay? And the Bell Atlantic is back there. Uh, maybe they got the T-Mobile building. T-Mobile call center is, is directly in your house. But $20,000 a month? Gmail is free, bitch! I'm like, no! What? $20,000? These numbers are astronomical. What I would have expected her to at least have on this list that I didn't see. And this came from TMZ. What I would have at least liked to have seen? Security! Because once I know you getting that much kind, that kind of money... I need to see some security because this needs to, need to be some security on here maybe that's in the living expenses because you need gonna need some security you're not gonna be able to go nowhere okay you're not gonna be able to go nowhere when somebody know you making two million dollars a month all right listen miss nicole you need me okay you need a friend like me a friend like me okay because i i can help you get these expenses these expenses seem outrageous, okay? We can we can get it down. A laundry and cleaning, baby, I, I know I got some Tide. I got some Tide pods, I don't eat them. So I, I can tell you how to put them in there, all right? I'd, I'd say I don't cook, I don't clean, but I, I don't cook, but I do clean. So I can show you how to put the Tide pods in the washing machine, okay? And we can get that down. Maybe, you know, for the, for the detergent, I don't know how many clothes you got. Maybe let's say you buy a bottle of detergent a month, but we can go to Costco. All right, we can go to Costco and get you get you a bucket for like $30, $30 or whatever, okay? We can get you like a $30 bucket, all right, of, of Tide, okay? That's a good that's a good brand. I know you might not have washed clothes in a while, but that's a good, that's a good brand, okay? We can get you some, some fabric softener. They got that too. We get that. We can even get y'all some of them sheets. You want some sheets? You want some dry sheets? We can get that so you don't be starchy, you know, get the starch out. And the clothes, okay? We There's this, listen. There's this new site. You only have to leave your house. It's called Fashion Nova, all right? And you can get at least 335 outfits for 500 okay? And it looks just like the other stuff that you be wearing. I'm just saying, in, in, in entertainment, you, there's this thing called television. Um, and YouTube. I mean, get you some cable. Um, and get you some Verizon over there. I know somebody that work at Verizon. Maybe we can get you a discount. Ain't. We can get these expenses down. You just need me in your life. I, I don't know, Miss Nicole, but these expenses seem outlandish. And Lord be the shield. If Lord be the shield was an event, it would have been the Donald Trump boat parade that took place on Saturday in Texas. So it was down there in Texas. The good people of Lake Travis, Texas said, we want to have a boat parade for Trump, a Trump boat parade. And uh, the sheriff's office was called shortly after receiving multiple calls of boats in distress around 12.15 p.m. local time. Uh, and they were saying that there were no injuries reported, but Jesus said, I don't I don't like these signs. I, I, don't, I don't want these signs out here because the winds, the winds was like 10 miles an hour. The gusts, they were getting gusts and bursts of winds. And um, if Jesus don't like Trump, Maybe y'all are on the wrong boat. And no pun. Yes, maybe a little bit. Alright. Maybe you're on the wrong side of the world. Okay? Maybe that's not what you need to be doing. Alright? And I, I guess it was in full Trump fashion. They didn't read 
the the weather reports i they don't i guess they don't believe it i i don't, I don't know what was going on but y'all can't be out here doing this all right y'all can't be out here doing this god said he don't want y'all out here on the boat god said y'all will not be making america great again on them boats because god made sure you know he dug deep and said that these boats is gonna be the, the, the itsy bitsy spider and row 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 your boat was a person it would be y'all and he said that you know it, you won't be merrily 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 down these strings because y'all gonna get flipped the fuck over and i i don't know why y'all are out there that was absolutely unnecessary just be a trump supporter in your house okay i'm not saying you can't just be a trump supporter in your house i that's that's all i'm saying because this is just we nobody want to see that and speaking of trump right so Trump decided he was going to take a dig at Baltimore. Um, no one asked. Nope. Said absolutely no one. And enters Trump. You're talking about Baltimore again because he endorsed Miss Kim Classic, which I was so that that's how you pronounce her name because I pronounced it wrong on For the People of the People, which is a political special. It was on there with people who were smarter than me, and they said it's Kim Classic. And he was she's running for the seventh district, which was Elijah's seat, and Elijah Cummings, the Honorable Elijah Cummings. And she's trying to get a seat. She's running against Kwai Say and Fume of Baltimore. And clearly Trump doesn't know what the 7th District is because he thinks it's just Baltimore. And that is not true. It actually has a, a large portion of it is Howard County. Uh, Columbia, to be exact. Which is one of the wealthier counties out there, not in Maryland. In the U.S. It actually has some of the best schools in the U.S. So I, I don't know, you know, and even Baltimore's average, like their average income is higher than some of the places that your supporters are, like West Virginia. Um, like maybe you need to focus on that, cause I don't know. If, listen, I, I'm I was born in Baltimore City, okay, and raised and bred in Baltimore County. I've, I've seen some roughness, okay, in Baltimore. Worked in Baltimore City. I've seen some roughness there, but the worst. I, I, I don't know if we do I don't I, I don't know if we the words but yeah it kind of makes sense uh, that Trump is still talking about that mm, hopefully we'll get somebody in it that will stop it and speaking of stopping it Kanye West is still talking about Kim almost aborting Northwest while he is still running for president and he has spent a whopping six million dollars of his own money on his presidential campaign to date. Now, listen, um, Kanye, uh, let come, come close, come close, okay? Um, yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, hey, buddy. I, I listen. Um, that's a lot, okay? That's a lot of money. For you to not be on all the ballots, okay? And I know that you got a line coming out, a clothing line coming out. You you done made some some pea pods for people to live in, and you know you're trying to get us to to all live in the Smurf village. I get it, you know, make America Smurfy, all right? And I I I understand, but we need you to keep that money. And maybe give it to, if you want to just, just throw it away. If you want to throw your money away, um, give it to me. I, 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 you know, you, you can give it to me. 
you know i will i will make you a whole campaign in my basement we will we can have a whole a whole party you know i i we can have a whole party right in my backyard and we could pretend you are the president all right we we could do that you just you just call me up kanye all right you, you do that and attorney general Barr, speaking about politics is back on his bullshit again he is saying that he is not sure if voting twice for trump is illegal you can't vote twice for joe but you can vote twice for trump and he's not sure if that's illegal after trump told his supporters that they should vote twice for him now i don't know if we've ever experienced this dictator type bullshit but at some point republicans listen to have a come to jesus moment where you're like we can't be doing this like it, it, it is just taking democracy and it, it is throwing it out of the window black people we already d democracy for us is sort of like eh, you know but for y'all i would expect you to want to keep it you know y'all can go outside you can drink water breathe air you know do all the things that you do want to do you know you can be all that you can be because in america for you the sky's the limit you know so i don't understand why you want to get, get your, your democracy taken away from you i i don't i don't know but this is this is where we're at and the versus outcome is that monica maybe won i guess maybe but brand i don't know it depends on who you ask because some people have brandy winning some people have monica winning but all i have is the internet winning the internet is undefeated with monica in the white shoes that she was sitting on the video on the curb if you remember this video you will know that I think it's just one of them. It was it just one of them days. Is that is don't take it personal. Was that the video? I think she had the white the I don't know where and why they put them shoes on her. First of all, you could clearly see that she couldn't fit. Like I, I really think somebody like they was like, we don't have no shoes. Like, oh, your grandmother here, get them, them right there, because she couldn't even fit the shoes. So I was like, what is this? And back in the day, I think we probably wanted them shoes back in the day. We we probably was wanting them shoes when I was a kid. She says she was 12, so I guess at 12, I don't know how old that would make me. So if she was 12, I would be eight. Yeah, look at me doing math. Look at me doing math. But like I said, I, I fucks with Monica Heavy. White shoes and all. I, I fucks with her. Yes. And she was clacking everywhere she went. But I, I fucks with it. I wanted to clack. I was like, oh, I want to clack. Um, But... I, I think Brandy won. Like, Brandy just had, like, a different... Brandy was just different. Like, she had that vibe. Brandy was the vibe to me. I know some people were saying she's annoying, but Brandy was my kind of people. I would much rather, from watching that, I would much rather hang out with Brandy. Because Brandy, she was... I mean, the poems, um, the Moesha poems, I, we could have done without. Okay? Dear Diary. Like, we, we could have we, we done without that. But other than that... I, I I liked it. I liked her personality. She was, you know, low-key slick. She was slick talking her low-key. She was energetic. You know, I, but here's the thing. What was the whispering about? Like, is it just me? Like, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, because it was a, you know, I was a, and a, they both was talking like that. I was like, oh, so if you sing, you whisper? Is that, is this what this is? I was, I was like, I, I thought the Yin Yang twins was about to come out this bitch. I was like, what is, what is going on? Wait till you see my, 
because it, it was a lot of whispering it was yeah you know when i used to work with Babyface. yeah and when i i work with missy Timberland. like it was a lot of that it was it's a lot of like what what are we whispering for is your mama up like what why are we whispering we need to nod we need to nod i, I don't know i don't know miss jessica krug an african-american um pretending to be african-american but she was an african-american history professor was pretending to be an Afro-Latina. And she got found out. Some people, some co-workers was like, you know what? I don't I don't I ain't buying this black scent. You did you hear it? No, we don't say that. We not no 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 we usually got top lips. That's not it. And so they was like no and so they 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 checked it and they, they verified and they found out that she don't have her verified black check mark. It don't it ain't no black check mark that's her name. And so she had to come out, she jumped in front of it and she said, you know what, I am more than a culture vulture, I am a leech. Because she had taken fellowships, she had taken scholarships, she had taken all of this stuff pretending to be a minority. Now listen to all the white people screaming about affirmative action, you know. Um, clearly, it's not us. Y'all are taking the, y'all are taking the affirmative action for y'all. Like, it would, I, we can't even get it because y'all didn't got it. Like, this is, this is getting is getting outrageous and she wasn't even like a good black pretender like rachel dozo because rachel dozo she can do shit i can't do like she she learned her to do box braids she could do cornrows single twists she could do it all okay she was the head of the naacp in her community she really is out here doing it with to be for real for real we could probably trade terry cruz for her okay i'm just saying but it's a lot. So if we, you know, and there's some articles that had published, and now they coming back and apologizing, and saying we need to, we're gonna start verifying. We are gonna start verifying people. How they're doing that, I don't know. I guess you're gonna ask for a birth certificate. Like, can you bring your mom with you? Like, I'm not sure what we're doing. Um, but if we this what we doing, we gonna have to talk to a lot of the light skinned people that's out here. Like, you know, um, I need Sean King. I need Sean King to come to the office. Okay. I, I, I just need to holla at you for a minute, cause I I, I don't know, I, I I don't know. We we if we this what we doing? And student who went back to high school. Speaking of just pretending, people out here they capping the day is all cap the day. Student who went back to high school to relive his glory days gets arrested. So it was a a guy who decided that hey. I, you know, I graduated from college because he graduated from college. I think he was 22 and he decided to pretend to be a homeless 17 year old. Some woman took him in the blind side, blind side, and she enrolled him in high school. Don't know how, but she enrolled him. And he started playing on the football team and people started was like, I don't know. He, he kind of, he kind of big. I think, I think he got gray hair. I, I don't know if he's a kid. Is that a kid? I don't think that's a kid. I, I, I think that's a man. I, I'm pretty sure that's a whole man. But I, I don't know what his goals were. I don't know if he thought he was going to, like, his college friends wasn't going to see him. But, like, I, he looked familiar. I, I'm pretty sure we went to and graduated from the class in 1971. Like, I'm sure he was there. I, I, I'm, I'm almost certain he was there. But, yeah, he gets arrested. Please don't do that, y'all. Please don't do that. And Tyler Perry is officially a billionaire. He is a billy, a whole billionaire. 
Okay, and so congratulations to him from going from being homeless to now being a billionaire. Congratulations on that. And the black community is celebrating him as they should, as officially him becoming, I think we got what we got Oprah, we got Jay-Z, we got Dre, Kanye, maybe, Asterix. And now we have Tyler Perry. And it's amazing that we're seeing more black billionaires. But here's the thing, my people. And I, I said this last time. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to preach to the choir. Okay? But the more billionaires there are, the less millionaires there can be. There's just this this that's how capitalism works. I'm just telling you. But congratulations to him. Shout out to Tyler Perry for doing the thing in his studio out there and all the things that he's been doing. But let's get into this interview with Miss Alicia Monique. All right, so we have a guest today. And I'm excited because I have Miss Alicia Monique on. She is the number one salon business coach. And we're going to talk business. We're going to talk hair, beauty. We're, we're going to talk about it all. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. How about yourself? I'm doing well. It, it's hot, but I can't complain. It could be much, much, much worse. Yes, it can. <laughs> it, it can always get worse. So I want to talk about your story. So you've done a lot. You've been the artistic director at L'Oreal. You're a celebrity stylist. But I want to know, how did you get started? Why why hair? Why the beauty industry? Well, getting in, well, I actually didn't just get into the industry. I guess the industry got into me. Okay. Growing up, doing hair was always something you did in the neighborhood. Boyfriend, now husband, he was like, you should go to school. And I'm like, but why? Like, I don't mm -hmm. have to go to school. Like, I didn't consider this as a career. Other jobs like other people did. Uh, so I worked a nine to five, but I just did hair. And he actually made me go to beauty school. And when going to school, talking to like um, my instructors and they would tell me the things that they did. And I'm like, are you sure? And it was like, yeah, like we worked in magazines and they would tell me, oh, this weekend I gotta go over here and I gotta do this. And I'm like, so you're saying that in this industry like it's not just about doing hair you can do other things as long as you're a licensed professional mm -hmm. and they were like yeah like it's so much you could do like you could just specialize in nails you could specialize in just skincare and being a master master cosmetologist i have all of that under my belt did you notice i guess working in the industry that kind of i guess would prompt you or raise your antenna like wow it's so many people that could be making so much more money if they just knew X. I still do that today. Like, I see a lot of people out there sharing like YouTube knowledge and YouTube videos, and I'm like, if she was licensed, mm -hmm. she wouldn't do that. Like, I see that all the time. I'm like, you know how much that information costs that she just threw out for free, mm -hmm. and that people are gonna go and try and mess their hair up, and then now they gotta find someone to fix it. Like, only if you just had that that basic school knowledge and then become a part of the industry that you will see really what go on this was something i wasn't thinking about but now that you mention it and i do mean anybody can get on youtube and teach absolutely anything is that your worst nightmare that people go they go on youtube and then they mess up their hair and they come to you it you know what it used to be a worst nightmare Okay. But now it's done so much that it's like, oh, you learned it on YouTube. Okay, this is how much it's gonna cost to fix it. Okay. <laughs> like 
you went on YouTube, you learned it, you tried it, you messed it up. Now this got this is how much it's gonna cost you to fix it. But some of the techniques that are on there, like I've Googled certain things myself because I'm curious as I'm like, well, who's sharing this information? Okay. Just the other day, I had a client. Actually, I still work behind the chair. I still love to do hair. And I had a client said that she tried uh, a unicorn technique. Hmm. And I was like, oh, what? She was like, yeah, they're teaching it on YouTube. You go to YouTube. You can watch it. Do the unicorn technique. You know, I tried to cut my hair my own self. And it was the way they said it. She explained it. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. You did it. You know, it's done. This is how much it's going to cost to fix it. And when I was done with her, I went and YouTube it myself because I was like, I want to see what she's talking about. Okay. And it's absolutely out there. So it's like a worst nightmare, but it's sort of becoming a reality now because there's so much out there that people are teaching that they should not be showing. Okay. Like, how could you have exclusivity in your salon as a stylist when it's so much to be learned out there on YouTube? How could you set yourself apart? Okay. And that's, uh, I guess that's sort of where you, you come in. And also as a, a stylist, one of the things, or a customer going into a salon, as a black woman, I've spent my fair share in somebody's living room waiting to get my hair done or in a salon. And this is just, this is, and I'm sitting there thinking like, this is not it. Like I, you know, you get there at let's say nine o'clock. They don't start until 1150. And then it takes however long to do your hair. What are the three fundamentals that you think that black salons need to do in order to really start making more money to start really changing the game and dynamics of what people think of when they think of the salon? The first thing I would say as a salon owner, we have to get rid of that that desperate mentality. What what do you mean by that? By a desperate mentality, that's why it's four nine o'clock, knowing okay. that Two of those nine o'clock appointments are going to sit there like yourself to 1130. Okay. Because we have that desperate mentality like, okay, I can fit you in here. I got to fit you in here. And we're trying to make a certain amount of money. So we're trying to fit the max amount of people in. Okay. And that's having like that desperate mentality. Like, I have to get people in. I got to do it like this. I got to do it like this. If we can get rid of that mentality, then number two, we can learn to work smarter and not harder. And that's where you, the consumer, come in at. You like, listen, I go to a salon. I'm, I get there at nine. She started me by nine fifteen. By eleven o'clock, I'm out of there. Because as owners, we don't have that that desperate mentality. Mm-hmm. We're working smart because we we value the customer's time. We want to get them out. We want them to send us more people, and we're done for the day. Okay. So. Those are the two main things that I see all the time. And once we change that dynamics, then the salon life will be much better for the stylist, for the owner. The owner will make more money because when you value people's time, you're absolutely you're you're able to charge for that time. So that will bring me to number three, charging our worth. A lot of stylists out there. Oh, my God. They're so talented that I'm like, girl. You, that was awesome. Let me get your information. If somebody wants it, I'm going to send them your way because that was wonderful. And when we value our time and know our worth, we're able to charge that. So let's pose this question. Wonderful scenario of going into salon. You get there at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Your stylist is amazing at what she do. She go to shows. She educate herself. The customer experience is just off the chain. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like you like, listen, I tell everybody to come here. I'm out by nine. My hair is healthy. My hair is growing. My hair is being maintained. Whatever style I get, my hair is not falling out of my head. It's just growing. I could wear extensions. I could get protective styles. Yes, I pay for going there, but I'm out by 11 o'clock. Should there be a standard? Because I know you said a lot of people don't set what they're worth. And if you go to Jenny up the street, Jenny is charging $20 for a haircut. And then down the street, although Maxine, she might be amazing. And she's charging 100 which may be closer to, I mean, that's, that's a lot. But you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's closer to what the services should be. Do you think that the living room style is or the stylists that maybe are licensed but not charging as much, are they hurting your industry and the professionalism that comes into the beauty salon uh, culture? I would say so because if you're a licensed professional, first of all, it doesn't matter where you work at. Mm -hmm. I've worked with some stylists who are like, I'm working out of my house right now. And I always ask, what's your setup like? So if you taking a room into your house and you physically turn this entire room into a salon then your setup is worth it sometimes your atmosphere doesn't and the price they don't go together it's like you charging a hundred dollars and i'm where in the garage and it's hot and i'm sweating and the fans are blowing and you want a hundred dollars for a haircut can you at least open the door to let a breeze in like sometimes (laughs) the atmosphere just don't fit if you're at home but if really? you okay. have a great setup, mm-hmm. you are experienced, you are amazing, you're transitioning from probably being in a salon you didn't like to going at home to opening your salon. All of that's understandable, but I believe for every state and every area, there is a standard. Okay. But as stylists, we don't look at that standard. We look at, okay, it's salons down the street. I want to make some money. She's charging $20. Let me charge 10 then you have me who come along who's like, listen, I got 20 years experience. I'm not charging no $10 for no haircut. I, I I just can't do it. I'll be the one at the top of the chain for 200. And you're like, why is she 200? Because I have a list of things that go underneath me for me to charge $200. Okay. But there, there is a standard. When I had my salon, I had a salon set price list. And every stylist who worked in a salon could not go under that list so there was no such thing as undercutting each other um i want to say um a basic shampoo and style like if you have short hair uh, curls or something like that it was 40 dollars. Mm-hmm. my prices was different than the salon prices so i had my own price list but the salon had a standard stylist came in was like oh you know i don't think my clients are going to pay 40 dollars um i normally charge them 30 dollars i'm like well your client don't belong in here because i created that atmosphere for those prices based off of the area that we were in the democ- the, the the demographics of the area I, I researched salons around the area and i just set a standard for the salon it was higher actually than the salons around town but i created a salon brand mm-hmm. that called for that so the brand i guess that's the thing that's missing so you mentioned the atmosphere in the branding of it all. A lot of salon- why do you think a lot of salons kind of skip that? Like beauty parlors is like, you know, we just do hair. Like they don't care about the atmosphere. It's not about you like my talent will be enough. I think we skip that because we're not taught that in school. Really? Okay. In school, in school you're not taught business. 
You're not taught a brand. You're taught the technical side. So you're taught the structure of hair. You're taught how to do a relaxer. You're taught how to do a perm. You're taught the fundamentals of hair coloring. You're taught pin curls, finger waves. You're taught braiding. You're taught hair extensions. That's all the craft part. And that's why most people just, oh, uh, my talent is good. I just want to do hair. I'm just going to go in here and I'm just going to open up a braid shop. We're just going to braid. I'm going to open up a weave shop and all we're going to do is weave. We're going to do lace frontals, 360s, 450s. I don't even know if that's a degree, but (laughs) 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 this is what we're going to do. And they're not, we're not taught in beauty school about business. Okay. And that's the part that's lacking. That's why you'll go in most salons and you'll be like, this look like the swap meet. Because they're not worried about having a, a customer experience. They're not really worried about having like um, a cohesive design. They're not worried about, you know, laying out a nice decor or getting an interior designer, creating a, a brand aesthetics that's across from every social media platform or having a website and having a scheduling system. Those things you're not taught in beauty school. You find those out when you get out and you realize that, hey, why does salon down the street look like that? Why they got a traffic and they charge $100 for a haircut? Okay, I'm about to open up a salon right here and I'm going to charge $20 for a haircut. I'm going to take all eight people. That's true. Now, what, here's the pushback. I guess a lot of salon owners. I'm new. I'm a brand new salon owner. I don't have money to spend on my brand. I don't have money to spend on that business aspect of it. What do you say to them? That they, they're just getting their foot in the door. If you're a brand new salon are you going to have a brand? Do you believe that even if you're brand new, you should start working on that from day one? I believe as a stylist, you have a brand. Okay. All stylists have a brand. Have you ever looked on someone's Instagram and it's just a stylist and you're like, oh, look at her work. Mm-hmm. She got like hot pink everywhere. She keep a, a, a color scheme all over. She got maybe a nice little branded logo that she'll put on the corner of all her photos. That's the beginning of a brand. Okay. And sometimes we don't carry that to the salon. We forget about it. And we just leave it on our social media. And when you walk in a salon, you like, oh, okay. Her social media was popping, but uh I don't know about it in here. Okay. We just don't bring it in. But you might go to her house and it's laid out. Her house is nice. She got plush fur fur over here and she got the, the pillow, the throw, the comforter, like all this is, is matching. Just push that into the salon. And even if you're on a budget, get all the same salon chairs. When I first opened my salon, okay. it was really like, listen, we don't have this kind of money. Mm-hmm. So at least let me make all the chairs match. If you're on a budget, if you're on a shoestring budget, there are ways to make it work. We just have to put our brain cells there. As creative, we don't put our brain cells on a creative side. Unless mm. our back is against the wall, like having three nine o'clocks because the rent is due. Right. And we'll have four eleven o'clocks and ten nine o'clocks and be like, oh my God, I gotta make this money because I gotta pay the rent on the first and it's the week before. That's so true. we just don't look at that that business side of it when that's something that we should look at often. And that's where I fall into play. Uh one of the things I said I was gonna do when I opened my salon was one to become a six figure salon and two to help stylists succeed. Okay. If you work with me, my thing was you could work with me as long as you want, but I knew and I wanted you to go on and to build your own business. I didn't want you to stay with me for forever. Like I'm literally like 
growing you, pushing you out the door. Like, go do your thing now. You got it. You can fly. Let me find somebody else that I can teach and push them out the door also. But in working with stylists, I always found it hard because when you're in other salons, it's really hard to get that salon owner to have some type of standard so that the stylist can grow. And if I'm working with a stylist and I'm like, okay, what kind what kind of contract you on? Like what kind of rules you have to follow? And there are no rules. There is no contract. I'm like, okay, so what if the chair you working in break? Who's responsible for that chair? They're like, uh, I don't know. You know, she said she was gonna fix it. I'm like, okay, so pretend it's broken. <laughs> Who's gonna fix it? Like, ask the owner where's your contract and who's responsible for certain things. Because if that's in place as an owner, then your stylists are able to grow. But I couldn't help stylists because they kept running into walls with salon owners. So I honestly, I just switched over and was like, if you can build a great salon business, we will always have great stylists because they have someone to look up to. They have a place where they go. This place is setting the standards. Stylists know how to operate as they move on and open their own salons. They're going to take those standards with them, which is why you have salons pop up left and right charging uh, low low prices because that's the salon they came from. Okay, if they came from a salon where the haircut was twenty dollars. They're gonna open their salon and charge fifteen. Th- yeah, that's true. And do you think that you should be a stylist before you open a salon? Because I know a couple people that they opened up a salon, not necessarily in the beauty industry. Do you need that background? Should you have that background before you open up a salon? Do you think it's necessary? If you don't have a stylist background, you should have a friend that has a stylist background. Okay. If you are the business person and you like, listen, I don't know nothing about doing hair, but I know everything about doing business. Then you need a friend who knows everything about hair. That will be the ultimate partnership because that person who knows about hair will know how to handle a stylist and handle certain situations and handle handle a customer as they coming in, know how they're supposed to get service. If you're coming from the business angle of it, then that's where you have the pricing set, you have marketing, you have finances, you have structure in salons where most salons don't have structure. Mm-hmm. Which is so unusual to business, me. Then you need a partner who's, who's hair. Okay. All right. Well, that that makes a lot of a lot of sense having somebody that knows the business, but somebody that also knows hair. Because you can't run a beauty salon if you don't know anything about hair. Even with buying products and bringing products into your salon, you need to know somebody. Now, I want to ask you to kind of explain it. So you brought it up a little bit. What exactly do you do? So if somebody's listening and they're like, "Man, I want to reach out to her as a, a salon owner." What exactly would you do for a person who reached out to you? What I do is I am a salon coach and I coach new salon owners or salons that have been established for about three to five years. Okay. What I do is I help you with your back end, your structure or restructuring the business, meaning I'm going to help you with your financial planning, your business plan. I help you with your contracts, your pricing list, um, all that back end stuff, that paperwork that we hate as stylists. We like, I just want to do hair. Okay, I got you. But let me help you with the back end stuff so that you can just do hair. And when your back end is together, now you can build a team. You know how to hire. You know where you're going to pull this team from. You know who you want on your team. You can build a clientele because I help you with marketing strategies for your salon. I also help you with retailing. 
starting that retail um, line, increasing the retail sales. One thing I will mention, if most styles would just increase their retail, they can use that to pay for a lot of salon expenses. Okay. And we don't. But that's one thing that I do help you with. I'm also a product development consultant. So if you're looking to develop your own hair product line, I'm the first person that you go to before you hit the manufacturer. Make sure that you have, you know what type of product you want to create. You learn about ingredients, you learn about packaging, you learn about um, research and development, what type of market you're going to create. So when you do approach a manufacturer, you sound like you got your stuff together. Okay, so they're not laughing you out the door like she don't have right. a clue <laughs> what she right. wants to do. Or now robbing you, you blonde. That's true. <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> now you mentioned the hair industry. I want to ask you this. So why is it that more black women are not a part of the beauty industry, the black hair industry? We consume so much, but yet most of it's run by white people. It's run or owned by a white man. How do we change that? Why are we not sitting in those seats to say, hey, you know, we can't we can't put this. We can't put this out here. We're not. I think we're not. We're not sitting in those seats. Because when opportunities come, I don't think we're ready to sit in that seat. Okay. So if an opportunity presents itself where you could be a part of this big company Mm -hmm. and this big company are looking for certain things that are run by white people, if they're looking for certain, you know, they have a checklist. We don't have half the stuff on that checklist because we focus more on a creative side. Mm -hmm. If we just focus more and get that actual knowledge that they're looking for like okay what's a good marketing plan you can pull anything out of the air and make it sound nice and check that box off and when it comes to that like we don't have a lot of those resources or those materials that we can pull from to get that seat we'll develop a product line and we know we want it in like first thing i do actually develop a product line is we do see it at in five years okay and people say well i want it i want it in the stores okay what stores it's a lot of stores out here. You want it in online stores. You want it in brick and mortar stores. Or what type of stores do you want? So if we can really get, you know, specific on what we're looking for as stylists. So that when those opportunities come, you just step right in position. Okay. Like, perfect example. When I worked for Matrix, I had no idea how far I was going to go. It was literally like, oh, do you want to do this? Sure. What do I got to do? It is this, it is it is. What do you think of this? I I would pull an answer out of the clouds <laughs> and form it up in a way that I was amazed myself. I was like, did I just say See, that? You had an outer body experience. Art. <laughs> and next you know, here I am. I'm in other salons traveling, teaching them hair color. I'm like, I don't even know how I got over here. I got to get on a plane and I got to fly over here and I got to teach this salon. I got to go pick up the color. I'm in trainings. Literally just by answering the door open, I got the answer. I didn't even have the answer. But just having that confidence a lot of times to know that, look, can't nobody else sit here. So let me go ahead and take this seat. I don't even know what this seat involves, but I want to sit in it. So let me figure out something. Let me let me let me talk the talk and walk the walk. Look, most stylists know the know the slang term. I'll fake it till you make it. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes in order to get there, you gotta do some real faking. And you do some researching along the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, ultimately, like, if we were to do that, like, 
be in position to get mm-hmm. those opportunities and just hold ourselves to a level where we absolutely know what we're doing we know what we were talk we are talking about we will go further okay so you think that it's n- not that people don't necessarily have the opportunities it's that they're not ready for those opportunities when they come when they come yes okay. there's prime example i know there's one stylist that i know she's into color Um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she's into color and the places I've seen, she'll post something and I'm like, oh my God, how'd she get over there? How'd she get over there? Like the doors that have been opening up for her, it's just, it's super awesome. Okay. Like you're stepping in. First of all, the industry is sort of like divided into, uh, well, not even, I wouldn't say divided. I would say it's segregated. Into black and white? Exactly. Okay. And you have doors that you may not think that can open up for you over there until you literally just go over there and see what happens. Hmm. And they're like, oh, how would you like to teach at this class? Prime example, that's how I got into Matrix. I literally just asked a question to a distributor that came into the salon one day. She was trying to sell um, the professional line and I just so happened to ask her. I was like, well, how do you teach for the company? She was like, oh, funny you asked. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Funny I did ask. Like, what if I asked that was funny? And she was like, oh, here's a flyer. Here's a postcard. You fill this out and just send it in. I answered the question, filled it out. I sent it in. Somebody called me. And you know how you answer the phone. You put you put your nice professional voice on when the, when a number pop up. <laughs> right. Hello? Alicia Monique, how can I help you? And they're like, oh, this is such and such with Matrix calling. We want to know, do you have time? I'm like, yes, I've had. I think I was in the middle of a relaxer, but I had time. <laughs> make time I, I put that you you know you hunch that phone up on your shoulder and you make time you see what's going on it's an opportunity like I would never say no can you call me back later I don't even know what this is I'm gonna say yes mm-hmm. until I get the rest of this information and she has been doing so much in, an infam- in this industry that on that side so many doors have been opening up for her so many shows so many classes she's teaching and it's like wow like just position yourself to be ready so it's self-limiting because it sounds like the issue is self-limiting we limit ourselves if we feel like we're not as comfortable we'll say no to things we don't open ourselves up for things and there are some people that feel like they shouldn't start at the bottom it's like i'm a i'm a dope ass stylist i ain't doing all of that i need to be if we can get out of our own way, you believe that it will change the industry to the point where more African-American people will sit in those seats. Is that right? Am I hearing you right? Absolutely. Or? Absolutely. I'll be a, if a door open and I need to be someone's ex- assistant mm-hmm. for 20 years, what you need? What you need me to do? You want coffee? You want Starbucks? Or you want Panera? All so you don't look at that as a step back because I know some stylists would be like, I'm not I'm not doing that. Like, that's a step backwards for me. I know my talent will take me X. If that's a new opportunity, it's never a step back. You haven't okay. stepped there yet. Okay. The door just opened, regardless of how many years you had. Now, if Matrix was to say, I don't work with Matrix anymore. If they was to come back and be like, listen, we want you to be on board. Okay, now, listen, I got some years experience. I ain't starting where I came from. I'm too, t- I would get like that now. I'm too talented. If I'm okay. like, I can't be starting at the bottom. <laughs> Because that's an opportunity that I already took advantage of. Now, if this is a new opportunity that presents itself, 
sometimes you just have to be humbling enough okay. to step into it. You, you have no idea what is going on over there. When I first started working with celebrities, I had no idea. I'm like, it's hair. Celebrities got hair. I got hair. You go there. You do their hair. Their hair looks nice. Okay. okay. <laughs> first person I did was Sean Paul. When I lived in New Jersey, I worked to... Um, Cosmetics and More was the name of the salon in Montclair, New Jersey. <laughs> and it was owned by the editor-in-chief of Hype Pair Magazine. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, I specifically wanted to work there for the opportunity to work with celebrities mm -hmm. i worked there for forever before i got the opportunity to work with any celebrity at all right okay and when the opportunity presented itself i had to work with someone else okay and i'm like i got so many years experience she want me to braid who like i could do braids in my sleep da -da 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 -da. <laughs> i was like you know what no you're not gonna do that you're not gonna do that you're just going to go with this lady and you're going to help this lady out and maybe you can braid yourself. And literally, that's what I did. I was like, I will meet you there. I got my stuff. We both showed up in a studio and she was like, okay, you're going to braid Sean Paul here and I'm going to do the model here over here. And I was like, huh? She was like, yeah. I was like, so you don't want me to help you? She was like, no, just take his braids out and, and do you. I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought I was coming along to help her. She didn't push them on off to me. I was like, all right. Sweating to death as I was. I humbled my little self and I gathered myself together and I went over there trembling and I did his hair. Okay. So it, it will open up the doors for you. And you mentioned celebrity style because I actually was going to ask you about that. Now, there's also a gap in the beauty industry. I guess when you talk about film, you hear a lot of black actresses and actors saying there's not enough of us mm -hmm. on these film sets why why is that and, and what is what is the scary part about white america with black natural hair like what what is the fear isn't hair just just hair hair is hair but the fear comes from what school you attended okay who don't take the fear from you Mm. So if you're in beauty school, of course, hair is hair. But if you're in certain areas and you're in certain schools, I might not live in your area, which means I might never walk into your beauty school. I might you may never get to practice on my hair while you're in school to remove that fear from you. So when I finally, when I'm finally presented in front of you years down the line and you're working on movie sets, you're like, oh my God, that fear came, that fear still lives there. It never left because it was never removed. So even though we say hair is hair, texture is texture, when you're in beauty school, if you're not taught and trained on every type texture of hair, okay, then you don't know what to do with it. Okay. Our, hair, our hair is out. We we out. Our hair has no has its own mind. It has its own thought pattern. It it may go left when you be like, no, go right. right. <laughs> Not today. Whereas when you're in beauty school, everybody hair lays left. It just does what it wanted to do. You know, you can easily run a blow dryer through it. You can easily curl it. You can knock out a whole style in about 15 minutes. Whereas our hair, no, we need some time. Right. You need some time to get our hair to relax and our hair to go to the right because it's not going to the other way today. 
Right. And you're not taught that in beauty school. So when it comes to the, the film industry and the movie industry and working on sets, you have those certain groups of people that are the director, the, the casting director. You have that group of people who are there working on those sets and they pull from great people in the industry. OK, so anybody could end up on a movie set anybody well i wouldn't say anybody is okay. certain criteria to end up on a movie set but okay. take for example right you have a family if you have you go to uh, an event you want to take people you know right you're gonna call your family you're not gonna call this stranger who you just saw briefly for a moment to come and have your back on something a million dollar project no, I'm going to call my family members because I know them and I know they're not going to mess up. And we've worked together before and I know how they work. I know how they operate and I know things are going to lay out properly. Mm -hmm. So I have my family members that I'm going to work with. Now, when this actress come on set or this actor come on set, your family probably like, wait a minute. You didn't know. We, you didn't tell us. We had no idea. Oh my God. <laughs> so we're all surprised that we have this African American that showed up on set when it has never happened before. And then mm. that fear comes back. Okay. Because in beauty school, we were never taught on how to work on every texture of hair. That now we're like, I don't know what to do. Just pick it out, maybe. You know? No <laughs> <laughs> right straight. We, we really don't know what to do with it and that's when it comes to the movie set that's what we're seeing a lot of they're not the 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 crew that's on set is not branching out and catering to the actors that's coming on set okay because we're seeing more and more of us coming into the forefront we get in these main you know roles that weren't there and that's why when you hear stuff where actors and actors like Y'all have millions and millions of dollars. All of these amazing black stylists. I'm gonna throw him out here. I mean, I I love him, but people like Tyler Perry. Um, you wonder like where are the black stylists at? You know, bringing them in on these sets. Even him as being a black man having a studio. So I hope that we'll start to see the change. And as a salon owner, I guess in order to get there, what would you say to make? yourself known to those types of like studios like hey i'm here i do this is it about building those relationships with other stylists or is it about building the relationships with them directly i would say it's both it's about relationship building as a whole more okay. importantly you can build a relationship with stylists who you know works on sets and once again you got to humble yourself because it's not about the amount of years that you have when you're trying to step into a different arena. Okay. So you could be 40 years experience and you want to work on film set, something you've never did before. You have zero years experience of working on a film set, but you have 40 years of doing hair. That's a whole nother animal. So if you reach out to a stylist who's already doing that, reach out and become her assistant on a set. Okay. Reach out to help out on a set. Reach out to the whole production crew, like start, following them through social media and looking around and commenting and liking and just putting yourself out there but not saying hey you know hire me like we're not trying to be put out that way we're okay. just trying to present ourselves and position ourselves for the opportunities that are, are going to come 
if you see another stylist that's out there that's working on all these film sets friend her send her a friend request you know start liking her photos hey that's a wonderful job oh my god you did amazing on that movie hey i watched that movie last year that hair was good girl like things like that is going to literally trigger okay who is this person because i don't know about you but if i get too many likes on a photo on instagram i'm like who is this person i will go look at the page and see who you are i'm like let me see who they are oh okay well let me follow back because they did some good work maybe i will need some help okay let me let me follow back on her page and you consistently do that so you have to keep putting yourself out there if your salon if your entire salon team is wonderful and you want to take the team out there you have to be the one leading the team out okay so you got to fr- friend out re- uh send out a prayer friend request like him on on instagram follow him on facebook comment on his stuff okay who's next down the line he got casting directors he had producers if you ever read the credits of a movie you can see how many people work on that film literally um my husband um is a producer Mm -hmm. so when movies go off and you're in a movie theater we the last person to leave the movie theater because i want to read the credits oh wow (laughs) He's trying to see who was the producers and and who uh, was the editors who did post production and things like that. I'm looking at the key hairstylist, the key makeup artist. I want to see who the caterer was. I want to see the stylist, the wardrobe stylist. I want to see if they had any assistants. So I'm looking at those people and and those are the people that you want to start following, becoming. Is that the next stage though, up in a salon owner to be recognized on that main platform, or is that just sort of like extra? That's one main platform you can be recognized on. So you have film and movie you can get into. You have education okay. you can get into at shows where you're teaching, let's say, um, with a flat iron company. So you can get a part of different companies and have mm. your team teach a part of different companies at shows. You can create your own. I know salons that create their own hair product line. Mm-hmm. And they were at the shows teaching people how to use their hair product line. They're doing cuts and silk press. And then they come out with their own shears. They come out with their own razors. Um, they just become a higher staple in a community where they do a lot of nonprofit organizations. They do a whole lot of givebacks. Okay. So as a salon, you have to look around and see what else can you do besides just being a salon. Okay, so you really need to be out and about because COVID has changed the game. It sure has. <laughs> so as a, because right now a lot of salons and barbershops are because i'm assuming you would you help barbershops as well or just yes okay they're struggling because they weren't essential which i, I read on your your website you know you said you weren't essential until they realized hey right <laughs> the politicians needed a haircut they like wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> We're essential. You're essential now. We're essential now. Can y'all come in the back, you know, and hook us up because we got to keep broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. How do you bounce back? Like, how, what should you be doing right now as a salon or barbershop owner? You've already taken quite a bit of a hit. The money is not always there because the money came. Some people got it, some people didn't. How should they be maneuvering right now in COVID? Well, first thing I want to say is since you touched on the money came and some didn't. Okay. If it didn't, Mm -hmm. this is your opportunity to find out why it did not come. Okay. Because most do not have their paperwork in order, which Mm. is why it never came. Okay. So if you are not established and you are not legit 
and you're trying to fill out for these small business loans and these grants and this this paperwork said okay how much did you make in taxes in 2019 and you have no answer for that because you have not filed taxes if they're asking you okay we're moving you on to the next stage we need your EIN number you like EIN who? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so if you haven't established yourself to qualify for these things I say first thing is to do that okay because moving forward we don't know what's going to happen okay. we do not know as you can see they're probably like the what is it the swan flu or the chicken flu or some of all this other Some stuff coming yeah <laughs> It's coming back around like where where's this dust coming from now we got this i've never heard of this dust yeah it's so many things that's changing right now which should be a huge eye opener for salons to say listen why didn't i get this and why didn't i get that let me get myself together so if i have to apply for anything i am legit i am established let me file taxes let me backtrack a little bit and file taxes for a couple years so that i actually have a paper trail on my business you want to leave a legacy you need a paper trail so do you think it's a little bit of a because I it was a lot of salon owners that said they didn't get it like they were like we we did not get any of the money you believe that a lot of it had to do more so with them not filling out or not being properly ready to ex- get the loans as opposed to just not getting it I would say some of it I wouldn't okay. say a lot of it I would say some of it because see the thing is is when you apply it was like okay it's only a certain amount of money out there right so of course if it's only a hundred thousand dollars and we looking like a million dollars that needed some of us gonna get told no Mm -hmm. my main thing is if you were told no find out why why were you told no that brings us back to needing that haircut you are you gonna trust that stylist and get that haircut off or you gonna be like why Mm-hmm. I'm a why person. You got to tell me why. You want to tell me no? You got to tell me why. I'm not afraid of being told told no, but you got to tell me why so that I can correct it. And so that it doesn't happen again. And if it does happen again, okay, now I want to know why now. Because last time you said that I needed to do XYZ and I've corrected that. So now you're telling me no again? What what's the issue? Some of these places probably did I honestly believe some of them didn't have as much funding as they thought they may have had, too. Okay. So, but in all honesty, I'm just saying, make sure that we get legit. Make sure that our paperwork um, is is straight. So if you do get denied, it's not on your part. Mm -hmm. It's it's not on your paperwork. Another thing too is because we're in this pandemic, we're forced to actually work smart now. Right. (laughs) I say that with a smile because you cannot work hard. You can't have four nine o'clocks anymore. So. You can't have people sitting there waiting for two and three hours. Like you gotta really work smart now. And now if that means you gotta start earlier in order to accommodate the four nine o'clocks, then you gotta start earlier to accommodate these four nine o'clock. You gotta figure out how working smart is. It's also gonna cause us to, to look at our prices. Like mm-hmm. back again, you can't do this $10 haircut. That's gonna mm-hmm. take four hours. Like that's too long. Like, look at starting to create more luxury services. For one, people are coming out of their house looking crazy. I literally had a, a, a client who, she said she was trying to cut bangs. She saw something once again on YouTube, and she was trying to cut some bangs. And I was like, oh, my God. I, like, I, I just hate bangs uh, in all honesty. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, bangs is permanent. They grow out. They retarded. They can't see. They don't move aside. They don't lay forward. They don't lay backward. <laughs> 
I'm like, why'd you do that? <laughs> I was like, you know what? You get a pass. It's quarantine here. No judgment. This is a no judgment zone. Once I fix it, just don't do it again. <laughs> so in, in, in that essence, people have to, people want some luxury services right now. Mm-hmm. We haven't been pampered and I don't know how long. Like, when the last time you really ate in a restaurant? Oh, shit. Right. So when you go, you want to be like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> I, ooh, I love this. Like, the you want to that glass of wine fancy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not looking at trying to drink your glass of wine out of a red cup right now. Right. <laughs> no, you've been doing that at the house oh. the whole time. Because you ain't want to wash this. Right. So... We we just have to look at creating different experiences right now for for the for the guests that are coming to sit in our chair. We have to really get get our paperwork in order. We have to work smarter right now. We have to work harder. If that means extending your hours, then you extend your hours. We also have to look at sanitation. As okay. long as we know that our salons is a hundred percent sanitized, like everything is clean. Like I'm so tired of cleaning. When I go in, I'll be like, don't nobody come in here. I don't want to clean these <laughs> off no more. Like literally, if we're all like that, then you're going to see guests roll in. I honestly, right now, I want to say I'm booked out to probably October. Okay. Wow. Just by sharing through my social media how clean that I'm keeping things. Okay. So that you instill that in your customer mind that look, it's safe. You can come outside. This is what you have to do if you want to come to the salon. And this is what we're doing to make sure that you are safe right now when you come. And just in doing that, they're like, oh, shoot. Okay, well, let me book an appointment. Like, they literally leave their house, get in the car, come to the salon, get back in the, get back in the car, go back to their house. They make no stops in between except for the grocery store to show up in here. And I always go to anybody. I go, like, oh, girl, you look good. Now you go to the grocery sure, store. Sure. With pride. I don't have to wear a hat. <laughs> now, you wrote a book. The, the six step system to creating a six figure salon. Could you tell us a little bit about the book that you wrote? Well, I wrote a book because one of my stylists I had when I owned the salon, she called me back. She had moved to another state and she was trying to open her salon. And she called me back like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Da, da, da. She called me panicking. I'm like, girl, what you panicking for? And I remember taking her with me when I had to um, reapply for my salon license, showing like um, you go to City Hall, you fill out the paperwork, you mail in the check, da da da, it's gonna come in the mail. I remember showing it to her when it came in the mail. I was like, see, it took us 10, 15 minutes. Here go the paperwork. Just taking her through those steps. Mm-hmm. And you can always leave like the bills on the desk of the salon because I'm like, it's no secret on how much electricity y'all use. And so I'm gonna leave this bill sit right here just so that y'all can see. Mm-hmm. And I used to leave everything out Like merchant account receipts I used to just leave all of it out Because I'm like there's no secret If you want to open a salon Just read some of the stuff that I leave on the desk And they would do it But she called me back like so nervous And I'm like I had to you know Turn into mama bed Like girl what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> Like shake her out of that I'm like you got this You seen me do this Like just go and do it And she was like but I don't know I'm so nervous If it was something I could read And I'm like what do you mean to read You saw me do it, do it. <laughs> There's nothing to read Like just do what you saw me do And when she said that I was like okay So I've owned a successful salon A six figure salon It took me six years to figure out how to get to that six-figure mark like okay that was a journey i started out as a booth rental i went to commission 
And I'm not talking no 60, 40, 70, 30 commit. I did a, a true sliding scale um, salary commission, how, you know, professional salon should do. Okay. Um, so I did all of that. And when she said that, I was like, okay, so what steps did I do? Um, it was literally like six, six steps that I had to continuously follow when operating a business. You set them in place. And you go back in and you just keep tweaking them and touching them and tweaking them and, and setting the goals and like tweaking them and changing them. Um, so I wrote the book on that. Like, this is exactly how I operated my salon. Here are the steps. Read the book, follow the steps and continuously go back and tweak and adjust, tweak and adjust. Then when she said that, I was like, OK, so I'll just stick it in the book. And then I had another stylist who asked me the same thing. I remember you saying a while ago, she's in Texas now. She had moved away. I lived in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying this and I can't remember this and this and this. And I was like, okay, that's a chapter in the book. <laughs> so like the stuff that they were bringing back to me, they were cr- giving me material to put in the book. Things okay. I already knew. And I never thought about actually writing a book that was like furthest from my mind. Mm-hmm. But because they were no longer with me and they were asking these questions, I was like, well, what about it? What if other people have questions? If I just write it in a book, you can read the book. You can follow the steps. If you got questions after that, then we could work together. But at least you have the basics. You have somewhere to start. That you have a piece of business that's not have anything to do with the structure of hair at all. Yeah, which I, I think that will definitely start to change. Not even just salons, but some of the stuff that you talk about, some of the stuff that you talk about with branding and making sure you have your paperwork in order, it really could be used for pretty much any business, really, you know, at the end of the day. So you have to make sure that if you have not done so and you are a salon owner or you're thinking about getting in the beauty industry, the hair industry, make sure you reach out to Alicia Monique, you know, whether it be some consulting, whether it be just to get her book or if you need your hair did. We all, you know, if you in her area and you <laughs> you need to go to her salon, make sure you reach out to her. And how can people follow you one on social media, get your book and find your website? Um, you can follow me on my, well, you can find me on my website at aliciamonique.com um, or reach out to me on Instagram at aliciamonique underscore educator, or you can find me on Facebook as well at Alicia Monique. Wherever you see a blue jacket, that's me. Awesome. And she's the brand queen. I want to tell you that her website is amazing. So if you don't know what a good brand looks like, make sure you go to her website and you will be more than impressed. I appreciate you coming here, giving me all of your knowledge today and all of your patience. You can come back anytime you want. Anytime you have anything new, you are welcome to come back. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening and tuning in. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. So if you've not had a chance to subscribe to Millennials Anonymous, please do so. Also, go on Instagram on Maps Media. Make sure you follow Maps Media. We got a brand new Instagram account. So make sure you go follow on Facebook and Instagram. It's the, the Maps Media. The Maps Media, I think it is. So make sure you go and you follow it on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. It's just Maps Media. So make sure you do that. 
And also follow Millennials Anonymous. It's just Millennials Anonymous, but you got to put a Z on it, okay, um, for both Facebook and Instagram. And make sure you stay tuned because we're going to have a guest next week. And we are talking to Mr. Matthew Knowles. Yes, I said it. I said it. We are talking to Mr. Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's father. Yes, the head of music entertainment group. Yes, that Matthew Knowles. We are going to talk race and business. And we are going to talk some music. And we are going to talk it up. So make sure you are tuned in next week so that you can hear what he has to say. Thank you again. We love you. Stay safe out there. Bye.